Good evening and welcome to the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM in Washington University in St. Louis. I'm one of your three hosts, David Reinstrom. And coming at you live from the board, it's me, David Brunel Brutman. And I'm the eye candy, Alex Jensen. No one can see you. So um, she's like the, kind of she's the ear candy. Ear candy. I'm the ear candy. <laughs> yes, you're listening to KWUR 90.3 FM. The K stands for quality. It certainly does. We just voted on that last night. Yeah, we did. Do you like it? New catchphrase. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Anyway, welcome to the show. Um, we here at the Theater of the Air strive to bring you the greatest in original and classic radio theater, or as Alex says it. Theater. Which I think is delightfully antiquated. <laughs> Just like um, the first selection we have for you this evening, which is Blackstone the Magic Detective. This is from 1948. Um, Blackstone the Magic Detective, this, he was a real guy, Harry Blackstone. Um, and he was a stage magician, and he was pretty popular. Uh, I was actually going to ask if he was a wizard. Yes. He yes. was a wizard. A real and, wizard. And so his friend in, you know, in... In society, in in motion pictures and in radio and whatnot, this guy named Ed Jerome decided to do a series where Blackstone was this, did, like, magician who solved mysteries. Um, I'm not sure. This one's called uh, <laughs> The Hindu Sword Cabinet. It's from 1948. It's, it's a little not so PC, and I'm not really sure if Blackstone solves a mystery as much as he uh, extorts a guy. But I thought that you should hear it. It is delightful. <laughs> This will be the first time that uh, Dave or Alex have heard yeah. this, so um, let's let's just take a jaunt. I'm looking forward to into it. Into 1948, Blackstone the Magic Detective in the Hindu Sword Cabinet. Enjoy. Detective, starring the world's greatest living magician, Blackstone. He tells you the inside story of the Hindu Sword Cabinet. And right after the story, Blackstone will explain tricks that you yourself can perform. Reveal the guarded secrets of the world's greatest living magician. I'll be with you in a minute. I just want to finish sticking knives through Rhoda. What on earth are you talking about? Where is Rhoda? She's in this huge wicker basket here. Hi. Hi, Rhoda. But but Blackstone, those long knives, what are you doing with them? Oh, watch. Well, you stuck that knife right through the basket. Now, if you've hurt Rhoda... Oh, isn't he chivalrous, Rhoda? Sure is. Does this poor gal's heart good to hear him? I don't get it. That knife's gone right straight through the basket, and yet there's... And these knives are going through, too. One here, and one here on the other side. And now this one down through the center. But it's not possible. She she can't be in there. You're right. It's not possible. Just my spirit's in here. I've been dematerialized. Get her out of there, Blackstone. This is giving me the creeps. Materialize yourself, Rhoda. Ah, that should do it. Now I'll draw the swords. One, and the next, and this one, and now this, and this. All right, Don, open the lid. Why? Why, Rhoda, you're you're all right. Of course I am. Lift me out, please. That's a pleasure. There. Thanks. 
That's quite a trick, Blackstone. <laughs> it, it is puzzling, isn't it? Yeah. And how'd you do it? Oh, that's what the Swami Deli wondered. The Swami Deli? Mm-hmm. Who's he? Is that something that happened while you were in India, Blackstone? No, no. It all happened right here in town, Don. It's quite an interesting tale, as a matter of fact. One day, young Jeff Milton dropped in to see Rhoda and me. I could see that he was very troubled. You knew my Aunt Millicent and my Uncle Austin, didn't you, Mr. Blackstone? Yes. I was very sorry to hear of your uncle's death a year or so ago. He was a fine old gentleman. Oh, thank you. Did you know that Uncle dabbled in spiritualism? It became quite a thing with him shortly before he died. I believe I had heard something about it, yes. Wasn't there a swami involved in there somewhere? Uh, uh, Delhi, I think his name was. Yes, that's the bird. Well, what's the trouble? If your uncle was still alive, I could understand your being upset, but he's been gone a year. Yes, exactly a year today. He died at midnight. Well? Delhi has been coming to see Aunt Millicent, Uncle Austin's widow, and he has her pretty much in his power. Oh. She does everything he tells her to. Ah, I'm beginning to understand. Your uncle left a pretty sizable fortune, I believe. Not as much as gossip said he did, but more than enough to see that Andy never has to worry during a lifetime. And Delhi wants to get his hands on it. Exactly. Uncle Austin told his wife that he'd come back and speak to her via Delhi exactly a year from the moment he died. And he has told Delhi that she'll deed her entire fortune over to him if he can bring Uncle Austin back. And tonight's the night. Yes. And he's still canny enough to have a very slight doubt about Delhi, but if he can convince her that her dead husband really does speak exactly on the stroke of midnight, that doubt will be erased. Well, from what I've heard of Delhi, he can pull a number of very convincing tricks. And you're afraid your aunt will fall for one of them. She wants to believe so badly that she'll almost convince herself. Hmm. Any voice that she hears at the stroke of midnight, she'll be sure is uncle's. I think I have an idea to uh, 11 tonight. Well, she never sees anyone except me and the Swami. She's a cripple, you know. Stays in her room. If you can arrange it so that I can see the Swami, I, I think that'll be enough. <laughs> My assistant is in the basket that I have pierced with salt. Now she will come out unharmed. Rhoda, materialize. Magi kiarum. Now I draw out the swords. This one, and this one, and now this, and this. Delhi, will you lift the lid of the basket? Lift the lid yourself, Mr. Blackstone. The girl is in there unharmed. Right. Up out, Rhoda. Okay. Give me a hand. There. Mr. Blackstone. May I speak to you a moment? Oh, surely. Uh, what is it? It's five minutes of twelve. That clock is ten minutes slow. Yes. If you can do anything, do it fast. And he has the deed all drawn up. And as soon as she hears Uncle's voice, she'll sign it. I'll work something. That was a very interesting trick, Mr. Blackstone, but much too simple. Anyone with any knowledge of magic would know it was a trick. You think so? I know. Perhaps you'd like to get into the basket. If you think it's a trick, surely you wouldn't be afraid to try it. Certainly I'm not afraid. I would be glad to enter your basket. Shall we make an appointment for tomorrow afternoon? Oh, the guy's afraid, boss. He's trying to get out of it. That is not right, Miss Brent. I have a very important engagement with the late Austin Milton, and I must keep it 12 o'clock. Well, it's only a quarter of. You've got plenty of time. Don't urge him, Rhoda. If the swami's afraid that his magic powers won't protect him... I will get into your basket now, Mr. Blackstone. But make it quick. We haven't much time. Give me a hand, please, Mr. Milton. Uh, yes, sir. There you are. Now put the lid on. Now, Blackstone. You had better dematerialize yourself, Dilly. Here is the first sword. Come, Mr. Blackstone, please. You and I both know that this is just a trick. Let us dispense with the magician's patter. Very well. Here's the second sword. And here's another. And another. And one through the center. And one over here. 
Are you all right still, Delhi? Certainly. The first sword went under my knees. The second passed my arms. The third close to my neck, and so on. It is a trick, just as I said. Yes, you're right. It's a trick, just as you said. I proved my point. Now, if you'll be kind enough to remove the swords, I will go to keep my appointment with Austin Milton. It is getting late. Oh, I'm afraid I can't do that. What do you mean? Well, you must first repeat the magic words. I can't move the swords without them. Oh, come now, Blackstone. I have no time for fooling. Mm, this is very serious. Repeat the words, please, and I'll let you go. Have your fun. What are the words? I'll repeat them. Well, now, that's funny. I can't remember them. Let me out of here this minute. You can't move for fear of cutting yourself. I won't take the swords away until you give me the words. What are they? I can't remember your tongue twisters. And neither can I. Isn't that too bad? Two minutes to go, Blackstone. Your girl, your assistant, she knows the words. Ask her. You know, Blackstone, it's a funny thing. I generally have such a good memory, and yet tonight I just can't remember a thing. Let me out of here. I'll get you for this. Get us for what, Delhi? You climbed in there of your own volition. I can't tell you how sorry we are. We can't remember the words. Let me see now. Perhaps if I concentrate... Uh, Omnia Gallia Divisa Est in Partes Press. Oh, no, that's Julius Caesar. That's not the right thing. Oh, dear. I have it right on the tip of my tongue. One minute more. Right. I'm disappointed in you, Rhoda. He is the poor swami in this terrible fix, and we can't help him. This is too bad. Oh, young Lockenbar has come out of the West. Does that sound right, Blackstone? No, 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 that's not it. Let me out of here. Let me out, I tell you. Oh, I know. It's Magi Kioru. Ah, that's right, Rhoda. That's right. Say the words and you can get out, Delhi. And isn't it a shame it's just too late for you to keep that appointment? We're so sorry. And he didn't get the money? No, Don, he didn't. Aunt Millicent tore up the deed and would never see him again. I've seen mad people in my life, but never anything like our phony Swami friend. He was raging, but there wasn't a thing he could do. And so another mystery was solved by magic. That's right, Don. Well, tell us, what's the trick this time? It's called the Whispering Queen. And who is the Whispering Queen? Any queen you want, Rhoda. But first you must shuffle this pack of cards. Oh, I see. Well, here goes. But which queen do we take? Well, suppose we let Don name his favorite. Mm, all right. Um, I'll take the queen of spades. Yep. Here's the pack. All shuffled. Good. We'll look through the pack face up and find the queen of spades. Yeah, there it is. All right. We'll give the queen to Don. Now I lay the pack face down and divide it into three heaps. What about the queen, Blackstone? Well, Don, I want Rhoda to slide the top card of the middle heap onto the table. But keep it face down, Rhoda. You mean don't let anybody see it? That's right. Nobody is to see it except the Queen of Spades. Now, Don, take the Queen and slide it gently under the card on the table. You mean I slide the Queen face up under the card that's face down? That's right. That's the only way the Queen can see the card. Now, draw the Queen out again and give it to me. All right. Mm, here you are. One Queen of Spades. And the Queen is supposed to know what card is lying face down? Absolutely. When I hold the Queen to my ear, she whispers... Five of clubs. Turn it up, Rhoda. If this card is the five of clubs, it I'll... It is the five of clubs. The five of clubs because the queen is always right. And if you stay around a few minutes, Rhoda, I'll be back to tell you why. Oh, you can count on me to stay.
telephone. What made the queen whisper? She didn't have to whisper, Rhoda. You see, I knew that card myself. But you couldn't know it was a five of clubs. I shuffled the pack beforehand. But you're forgetting one thing. It was after you shuffled that I asked Don his favorite queen. Well, how did that help the trick? Very simply. We had to look for the queen, didn't we? Yes. So I turned the pack face up and started looking through the cards from the bottom of the pack, like this. Yes, that's the way you did it. And I did something else, Don. While looking for the queen, I slid the top card over to the left, like this, and saw it was the five of clubs. So you knew the top card was the five of clubs and you turned the pack face down. Yes. And when I cut the pack into three heaps, like this, I put the top heap in the middle. I told Rhoda to take that heap. And I took the top card of that heap, thinking it came from someplace down where in the pack. And the card was the five of clubs. So all I had to do was pretend that the queen looked at it and whispered the name of the card to me. Simple, but did it fool us. <laughs> I hope you like that trick, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time... This is Blackstone saying good magic and goodbye. Be with us next time when the world's greatest living magician, Blackstone, tells us the story of The Face of Death and explains more tricks that you yourself can perform. Listen in again to Blackstone, the world's greatest living magician. My God, oh that my organ. Goodness, that organ. <laughs> that organ. That's just... That's terrible. Isn't that great? <laughs> uh, except for the organ. It, it, was, it was quite amusing. I thought the organ added... An element of charm. Do you like the part where he put the guy in the oriental death basket? Yeah, I hate it when that <laughs> happens. You see what I mean? It's like mildly racist. Yes. Well, we, we were talking so. about this on, uh, on our first show with the well, Stan this is Freeberg. Well, this is a notch or two below Stan Freeberg. You should see some of the other Blackstone episodes. Yeah. They're, hmm. they're a little bit different. Something I promise never to play ever on this show um, it's a Cloak and Dagger episode, which was uh, obviously an espionage series. This one was from, like, 1946. So two years prior to this, it's called The Secret Box. Search it out on the Internet if you wish. Um, it it, is the it sounds single... kind of dirty. Well, no, no, no. no. I mean, it's about – it's just, like, these two pilots get lost in enemy territory in the Philippines, and there are Japanese soldiers everywhere. Believe me, it is – like, you do not want to hear it. It's just so racist. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Huh. And now... Uh, well, just a reminder for our listeners, if you're just tuning in, this yes. is the KWUR Theater of the Air on 90.3 FM, St. Louis Underground Radio. Da -da 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 -da. Uh, also, I'd like to point out that today's theme mm. is somewhere between the supernatural and cowboys. We'll be coming back with more <laughs> things, with more bits of radio theater relating to cowpokes and the supernatural in honor of one of our upcoming shows next semester, Simon Colt. The Adventures of Simon Colt. Uh, he's a cowboy. He fights things that are supernatural, things which go bump in the night. But we're going to take a quick break now. I'm going to read a quick public service announcement, and uh, then we're going to take a break. So... There's not enough art in our schools. To find out more about what you can do, visit americansforthearts.org. Because the less art kids get, the more it shows. 
Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, you are listening to KWUR Clayton, 90.3 FM. The K stands for quality. The K stands for quality. Yes, that is our new slogan. And we are the KWUR Theater of the Air, playing the finest in original um, and classic radio theater. Um, we have something very special for you next, something that we all, us three here at the station, hold very dearly to our hearts. It is. This is... K-Word, Theater of the Air, original content. Content, 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 content. content. What do you guys think about the echo? Guitar. We, yeah, can we, we can, um, can we swing that? Do you remember echo? that? Do you remember that uh, that Indian knockoff Michael Jackson thing, where where he he didn't have any no. echo? Oh, it was it was a knockoff of Thriller. It was Golimar. <laughs> it was like it was like Bengali or something. And it was like Golimar, mar, 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 mar. But you could see his mouth moving, like right. on the recording. We'll have to look like this during up. the dance. Huh. We'll have to look it's a good story. Up. Okay, but, so uh, here on. is an adventure of two of our favorite characters, Leroy, Leroy and Curtis. Leroy and Curtis. Curtis. Curtis, wake up. It's Leroy. Curtis. Curtis, it's Leroy. What? 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 I'm, I'm sleeping. What are you doing? I had to find you, Curtis. This here's important business. What? I had to come and get you. Why in the blazes would you wake me up? I've been herding cows all dang day. Well, this is important. You can get your beauty sleep later, Curtis. This here is history in the making. Oh? Yep. Get out of bed. What the heck for? Something landed in the middle of the range. Something weird. Uh, yeah, okay, great. I'm going back to bed. Okay, thanks. Bye. Curtis, you don't understand. They might be... visitors. I had to come get you, Curtis, because I know how excitable you get whenever someone mentions aliens, so I figured I should have to tell you. Well, that was... That was right smart of you, Leroy. Let me get my shirt on and we'll go. All right. And my pants. That'd help. And my socks, and my galoshes, and my wading trousers, Uh, and my boots, and my parka, and my overcoat, and my poncho, and my overalls, and my vest, Uh, and my tuxedo, and my scuba gear. quite done. Nope. Need me my cowboy hat. All right, let's get out of here. Wait, I gotta get me my fishing rod. You do not, dadgummit. Can we just go? All right, fine. I guess I'll just carry the lures in my mouth. Stay in my tackle box. You swallow one. I ain't gonna be the one to go in with a rubber glove and barbecue tongs. Five minutes later. Well, here we are in your field. Yep. I don't see no aliens. That's because you ain't got the sense. God gave a duck. Also, your flashlight is off. Oh. Yeah, yep. There's a big old, round old, smoking old, glowy old hole in the ground. There. Yep. Take the shovel. All right. Let's dig this thing up. Right. Man, that is some shiny space metal. Did you say that's a saucer? More of a teacup than a saucer. Mm. I think we've uncovered most of it. Yeah, it is shiny. Here, hit it with your shovel. See if you can open it. All right. Hey! Hey, it's open in good times. Oh. 
you look it. There's someone in there. It's there. They're dead. Or sleeping. The biggest discovery of the century, Leroy. You and I find what must have been an intelligent life yep. crashed in the middle of the range, and they're deader than a haddock in a barrel full of cement. Well, at least we found them. True. Well, what's to be done with them, Curtis? Dang it, Leroy, you think I know? I'm just as dumbfounded as you are. Let me ask my missus. She'll be more than like to know. Here she comes now. Leroy, honey. You mind telling me what the hell you and Curtis are up to at this time of night? We, uh... Well, the two of us found something special. Between us. Really? N- no, uh... I mean, between the two of us, we found something special. Uh... We... Well, look it! You went all the way out here in the middle of the night for, uh... What? What is that? It's a hole full of aliens, darling. So? It's history in the making. Who can we tell? They're dead. So? So they'll figure we just stitched some critters together into a composite corpse. A chimera, if you will. Dang. I never even thought of that. Your missus sure knows her stuff, Leroy. Smartest lady in the county. Five years running. So what do we do, Mara? Well, you gotta hide the evidence from the government, right? Why's that? Because if they find out we discovered aliens, much less dense, they'll come in and erase your brains with little teeny-weeny novelty ballpoint pens. What? Leroy, don't you watch the televisions? Mara, don't you know that the televisions watch you? It's the gummin', ma'am. So, since we is all three of us registered libertarians, and there ain't a one of us wanting the fuzz on our tail, much less having our brains all refried by a little government camera flash, I say, we... We what, Leroy? We make them into jerky. It's the only way. Knew I married me a smart man. Smartest man in the county. Five days running. And Leroy and Curtis dragged the alien corpses back to Leroy's home, where they butchered the bodies and made them into jerky. And that jerky conferred upon the three of them fabulous superpowers. Or did it? You have just experienced a dimension beyond that which is known to man. A dimension of light, sound, and imagination. A dimension called copyright infringement. Ah, <laughs> oh, that brings back some memories. Oh, the good old days. The good old days. If you just tuned yes, in indeed. right now, you are listening to the KWR Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. Thank you, David. You're welcome, Alex. That was quite nice. Thank, Thank you. you, David. Thank you, David. Keep it going. Keep it going. Infinite recursion. Thank you, David. Thank you, Alex. No. Oh. <laughs> no, it's like you keep... <laughs> you it's it like wrong. a game of ping pong. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Wait, does that mean that I missed? <sighs> yes. It means it's my serve. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Good night, Gracie. Good night. What? Okay, so next we're going to play for you a little bit more Stan Freeberg, whom, if you don't remember, we did a special on two episodes back. Uh, he is a famous voice actor... Uh, he's still around. One of the things that he liked to do was song parodies, and he did a whole bunch of these. I really thought you were about to say one of the things he liked to do was saw people in half. No, that was that was actually Blackstone, <laughs> that the magician's Blackstone. thing. Yes. Um, actually, Proceed. actually, he did it with a buzzsaw. 
That's great. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, first he would show that the buzzsaw was like, this, ladies and gentlemen, is a real buzzsaw. And then, he, or, you know, a circular saw. And he would take the, yes. the thing and go through a piece of wood. Oh. And then he would take, like, you know, some satin-clothed lithe assistant and have her lie down on, you know, on the, on the bench and have her restrained with bits of metal. And then it would go through her and she would scream and there would be bits of stuff that would fly everywhere. <laughs> and then he'd pull up the the saw, and she'd be fine. And they go, "Chada!" Oh, brilliant! I don't understand how that yeah. could be done. Well, you know, I mean, I guess magic just isn't as cool as it used to be. Now people are like, "Man, I'm gonna get trapped inside a building that's gonna explode and get shot in the teeth." That's not as cool as sawing a woman <laughs> in half. There's too much artifice. Just give me a couple, like a give me a buzz saw, a belt sander, and a lady wearing uh, camisole. Wasn't there a guy who made Me? the... You're the, not wearing a camisole. No, but wasn't uh-huh. there a guy who made the pyramids disappear? Like Chris... Oh, yeah. Matthews. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> Chris Angel? No, I know who you're talking mind about. Yes. yes. Oh, the mind freak, Didn't he yes. make the pyramids disappear? I don't know. Anyway, I, I we're not talking about him. Eve we're not Ho. talking about Chris... Eve Ho! Whatever his name is. We're talking about Stan Freeberg. Yes, we are. And here now is the Yellow Rose of Texas. Yeah! Don't let me startle you. I'm just doing the rebel yell here to kind of kick things off. You know what I mean? There's a yellow rose in Texas that I am gonna see. Nobody else could miss her, not half as much as me. She cried so when I left her part of me. Oh, that's just a shade loud on the snare drum. She's the sweetest little rosebud that Texas Avenue. Her eyes are bright as diamonds. They sparkle like the dew. Covered up sparkle like the dew One of the loveliest parts in the whole Texas is the only girl for me You covered up the piccolos there With a Rio brand With a Rio Where What See my feeling is that uh, While I love a good snare Drum, I feel that volume-wise, it's just a little bit too much what you're doing there. See? See? See what I mean? Now you try and hold it down, will you? Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Where the Rio Grande? Appreciate it. Where the Rio Grande is flowing and starry sky, that's better. She walks along the river on the quiet. Oh, that's so much better. I know that she remembers when we parted long ago. You know that there's just a world of difference. <gasps> Mercy. She's the sweetest little rosebud that Texas Avenue. Her eyes are bright as diamonds. They sparkle like See now, you're slipping back in your old habits again. Why do you do that? Why do you? Texas is the only girl for me. I love a good stand from but you know. People, let's go back there. The snare drama covered up the tra-la-las. We just do it again. Smart Alec. You see how lovely that turned out? Now that's a darling part. Okay, banjo. That's pretty, that's pretty. Oh, now I'm going to that's pretty. For my heart is full of woe. We'll do the things together we did so long ago. We'll play the banjo gaily. She'll love me like me. Excuse me, you ain't any kin to the snare drummer, are you? She's the sweetest little rosebud that takes the sound. Why do you do that? Why do you burst out like that? It irritates me. That irritates me. That irritates me. That's all. 
Yeah. Right on. Oh, uh-huh. you're listening. You're listening to, to the phone ring. The phone on K on KWUR ninety point three FM. This is KWUR's theater of the air. And let me let me get the phone. <clears throat> Who could do, it be at this do, hour? Do, 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 do. <laughs> no it was a prank there? call. It was a prank <gasps> call. They hung up. Oh, maybe it was a robocaller. Maybe. Okay. Well. We're going to uh, we're going to read a public service announcement, and then we're going to play another song. So, if that prank caller wants to try again, he or she is welcome to do it during the break. I will fight them. I will fight that person also. I will fight, fight them that on the with radio. My teeth. Oh, I will fight them on the beaches. And I, I will, f- will fight them uh, on the moon. I'll watch. That's hot. Yeah, I know. Super hot. And now a public service announcement: cyberbullying is real. It happens online, in emails, chat rooms, and over IM. And although it may seem like something that is inevitable or happens all the time, there is something you can do about it. To stop an internet bully, simply delete their messages and never forward them on. Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it. Don't forward it. For more information on how to stop cyberbullying, visit www.ncpc.org. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention, the National Crime Prevention Council, the Ad Council, and KWUR. Weil hier geliebt zu werden, muss ne Wonne sein Du bist ein Sonnenschein Da kommt man alle Sorgen in die Tonne rein Denn du bist ein Sonnenschein, ein Sonnenschein Die alten Griechen würden sagen Du bist ein Sonnenkind Dem die Götter offenbar Komplett verfallen sind Und das wäre dann auch der Grund Für all die wundervollen Gaben mit denen sie dich im Übermaße ausgestattet haben. So wie es aussieht, bist du immer gut drauf. Man schaut dich an und ganz im Ernst, die Sonne geht auf. Du bist eine von den wirklich richtig Guten, kannst die Welt erobern in unter fünf Minuten. Du bist ein Sonnenschein, wo immer du bist. Scheint die Sonne rein, du bist ein Sonnenschein, von dir geliebt zu werden muss eine Wonne sein. Du bist ein Sonnenschein, da kommt man alle Sorgen in die Tonne rein, denn du bist ein Sonnenschein, ein Sonnenschein. Wusstest du, dass ich um dich sogar Legenden ranken? Ich würde dir gern fast ohne Hintergedanken mal sagen, dass du einfach einzigartig bist und dass man leicht in deiner Gegenwart die Zeit vergisst. Du tauchst irgendwo auf und die Gespräche verstummt. Ich glaub, man könnte dich von Kopf bis Fuß vermummt. Sogar dann wärst du noch der absolute Hingucker. Du bist nicht süß, du bist einfach nur Zucker. Du bist ein Sonnenschein, wo immer du bist, scheint die Sonne rein. Du bist ein Sonnenschein, von dir geliebt zu werden, muss eine Wonne sein. Du bist ein Sonnenschein, da kommt man alle Sorgen in die Tonne rein, denn du bist ein Sonnenschein, ein Sonnenschein. Ich freue mich jedes Mal, wenn ich dich sehe, man fühlt sich einfach sauer. 
Bahnhof Liebeslieder singen. Du lächelst und es wird einem ganz warm ums Herz. Für dich reimt man ohne rot zu werden Herz auf Schmerz. Und der aller, allergrößte Glückspilz ist dieser Typ, mit dem du im Moment zusammen bist. Du bist ein Sonnenschein, wo immer du bist, scheint die Sonne rein. Du bist ein Sonnenschein, von dir geliebt zu werden, muss eine Wonne sein. Du bist ein Sonnenschein, da klopft man alle Sorgen in die Tonne rein, denn du bist ein Sonnenschein, ein Sonnenschein. Du bist scheint die Sonne rein Du bist ein Sonnenschein Von dir geliebt zu werden muss eine Wonne sein Du bist ein Sonnenschein Da klopft man alle Sorgen in die Tonne rein Denn du bist ein Sonnenschein Ein Sonnenschein Ein Sonnenschein I love Trivial Pursuit. Okay, okay, okay. Here's an arts and literature one. Okay. What drug did Sherlock Holmes take at the start of his career? Heroin. <clears throat> Tylenol hadn't been invented, Alex. What do you know? The answer is cocaine. Oh, you guys are bad at this. I was so close. Okay, give me another. Okay. Give me another. <laughs> what does a frog close when it swallows? Uh, it's it's um, throat. Um, tra- trachea. No, it's um, eyes. Oh. It's like a that sounds horrible. It's like a sneeze. Okay, hit, hit me with another. Okay. One more. Which army's motto is blood and fire? French. Uh, German. The Salvation Armies. That's, that's enough for now. Seriously? Yes, seriously. Well, at least that's what it said on the back of the card. Uh, listeners, you've stumbled. You've stumbled back into uh, K-Wor Theater of the Air as we're playing Trivial Pursuit here. But I think it may be time to move on from Trivial Pursuit to... Real Pursuit. Pursuit of other th- greater things. Greater, grander things like the vice presidency. Like a run-up debate panel for the vice presidency debate. That's debate. right. Yes. David, why don't you David, talk a little bit about what you're Why don't you tell us about your vice presidential debate activities? Well, tomorrow, well, okay, so everybody knows that on October the 2nd, there will be a vice presidential debate between the two vice presidential candidates from the Republican and Democratic parties. That is Governor Sarah Palin and Senator Joe Biden. And I will be, um, you know, if everything checks out with our credentials, the commentator uh, for KWUR here in St. Louis, which is going to be awesome. Uh, It's going to be me and a couple other people from the station. It's going to be wonderful. But what we're doing tomorrow uh, at 8 o'clock Central Time is I and a few others, uh, some people from the WashU Political Review, um, a... um, a poli-sci professor. We're going to talk about about the vice presidency. We're going to talk about all sorts of interesting things. So you should come uh, back Are you and going to uh, talk about what the vice presidency is? Because <laughs> you may want to forward that to Sarah Palin. Stop it. Stop it. Hey, none of that political commentary none on that, this show. Thank none of you that very political much. commentary on this show. And I what? will I will ask you to you remember can be sir, neutral. that I am a member of the press and I must be you neutral. You can be neutral. That's Our right. Our phone is ringing Our again. Our phone is ringing because you engaged in seditious speech. Ah. Mhm. That's what Every you get. That's, that's what he gets. I wonder who it could be. Maybe well, it's Sarah Palin. Maybe it's Sarah Palin. I I, Here, I let's resent listen. that comment. Oh, uh, Governor Palin, I am really sorry. Yeah, well, maybe you should have thought about that before you said it, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Evidently, whatever is actually going on the phone is is a lot more interesting than... Oh. 
Good Lord, David, what was that about? Is someone angry with us? Oh, we've received a terrorist threat. See? See what happens when the you get political? I See? get political. He says, he says one name. He says Sarah Palin. Poof! Death threat. Ah, uh, every time. See? You know See? What? You know what we Leave should do? Leave the politicking to me. You Who's know? wearing a tie? Uh, is it you? Yes. But you're not. Well, I normally wear a tie. It, it's hypothetical. You sometimes wear a tie. I, you know what? Forget all this. Forget all this political talk. Let's let's yes. move on. Let's just talk about to... tune in tomorrow at eight. Yeah, let's talk about instead. Um, uh, cowboy cryptozoologist. That's a fine plan. Idea. This is a this is a sequel to the adventures of Leroy and Curtis, cowboy cryptozoologists. Yes, in. and mm-hmm. another uh, Kwar Theater of the Air original. Radio theater production. Original, original. Original, original. Original. Who's Reginald? Reginald. <laughs> Go. Hi, I'm Father Time. You may be wondering some things right now. Things like, what will happen to me in the future? Who do I call if I'm at the International House of Pancakes and I run out of syrup? How can I play chess with pieces from the board game Battleship? These are normal, reasonable questions. Questions that haunt us throughout all of our lives. But when you look back at your comically short time here on Earth, are you going to want to remember asking a lot of questions? Or driving a flaming car off a cliff into the ocean? Or being chased by helicopters and ravens? I think we can all agree, one is better than the other. But you know what's even better than that? What? Bears. Massive, hairy bears. Huh? And now, for a limited time only, you can get bears by calling 1-800-BEARS. We've got grizzly bears, polar bears, black bears, brown bears, panda bears, and Malayan sun bears, easily the wiliest member of the bear family. Order three bears and we'll include a fourth for free. And if you call in the next ten minutes, we'll throw in a finger puppet of James Monroe, fifth president of the United States of America. Call 1-800-BEARS now and experience bears as you've never experienced them before, within two feet of your easily mauled body. That number again is 1-800-BEARS. Offer only valid while supplies of bears last. Scalabag. And now, the lives of the cowboy cryptozoologists, Leroy and Curtis. When last we visited Leroy and Curtis, they'd discovered a fallen alien vessel full of dead extraterrestrials. To conceal the corpses from the government, the two made the bodies into jerky with the help of Leroy's wife, Mora. Upon eating the jerky, the three of them gained fabulous superpowers. Well, that was fun while it lasted. Yep. All that unlimited energy... Super strength laser eye beams bouncing around like we was made of galvanized rubber. Yep. Too bad it all wore off once we ran out of jerky. Yep. Still gets me to wondering. A lot of strange things happen around this ranch. They sure do, Curtis. But there's no time for that. Get out of your bunk bed and come on down for breakfast. More and I made Belgian waffles. I hear the Belgian government ordered a crackdown on waffle smugglers to keep the recipe inside the country. The hell'd you hear that? Dinner web. Don't matter none. Come out of the bunkhouse and eat with us. Yeah, I'm coming. You're the only person that lives in the bunkhouse, and yet you're on the top bunk. I've been meaning to ask you about that. Oh, government robot mouse spies can't travel vertically. 
known fact of science. Yeah, yeah, you ready? Yeah. Now, on we go to the farmhouse for some delicious homemade waffles. Mmm, I can taste them already. Ah, sweet Belgian goodness. You bet, Curtis. Holy chocolate sprinkles on an everything bagel! Our cows! They're gone! Every last one! Hurry, to the farmhouse! Laura! The, the cows, cows are, are gone. gone! You saw them too? Stop copying me! Get out of my head! You get out of my head! Looks like those waffles will have to wait. Let's find out why our cattle are gone. What in tarnation? Laura, get the Remington and meet us in the pickup. The gun! Alright. What is that thing? I don't know. It's huge, and it's got wings, and it's carrying a cow. After it. Got the gun. Come on, get in. Ride shotgun, Mora. Sounds fine. Alright, let's roll. There it is. And there's our herd behind it. Gooey, folks. Looks like a real life sphinx. It's got a big furry lion's body, an eagle's wings, and a woman's face with a stentorian nose. Don't stentorian mean loud. I think it sees us. Might as well just approach it. No point in trying to surprise it. Well, keep that gun ready in case we need to use it more. All right. Hey! Hey, Sphinx! Yes, humans. You, uh... You've got our cows. I do, humans. And you shan't have them back unless you answer my mysterious sphinxical riddle. What happens if we're wrong? Do you eat us? I think strangling is the tradition. Oh, nothing so serious as that. I just get to keep your cattle and eat them. Slowly. I'd like to point out that we have a gun. I'd like to respond by eating this cow whole. Uh, no, no, that's okay. We get the point. Okay. Here's my riddle. What has eight legs in the morning, four legs in the afternoon, and zero legs at night? Uh, do we get huddle time? Yes. Thank you. Okay, okay, so here's what I'm thinking here. I don't know, okay. you guys. Um, I'm thinking it might okay. be like it's all, like it's all in a elaborate metaphor. I, I agree. Uh -huh. Okay, we have an answer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> The answer is this. It's the evolutionary path of humanity, metaphorized as a man and a woman. First, as prosimian-like creatures, our genetic ancestors were quadrupeds, thus eight legs total. Four legs is two legs per person, meaning the bipedal phase of human development, being Australopithecine, Homo erectus, sapiens, and what have you. Zero legs at night means that when humanity has achieved its intellectual peak, we will no longer have legs, having discovered the ability to move ourselves with telekinesis. Ha! <laughs> so, are we right? Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, no, you are totally wrong. Oh, I spit. Dang, damn it. Ah, oh, hell. Well, what is the answer? What has eight legs in the morning, four in the afternoon, and none at night? Yes! A spider, if you pull its legs off slowly during the course of a day. What? That was the worst riddle ever. I can eat you. That is the best riddle ever. However, you have given an answer which pleases me. Perhaps we can be friends, and I will return your cows to you. If you did that for us, Miss Sphinx, that'd be just lovely. It's just, I'm so very lonely, you see. And I'm just looking for a group of friends that can stimulate me. Intellectually, you know. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I couldn't eat all these cows in one sitting anyway. I'd be such a fatty. 
Oh, honey, I know exactly how you feel. Oh, I'm so glad you understand me. Let's be friends. And so Mora, Leroy, Curtis, and the Sphinx, whose name was Cassandra, had a celebratory barbecue, and everyone was happy. Except the cow. The end. And we return. If you're just tuning in right now, which would be very sad because you missed most of our show, you would have been listening to the KWUR Theater, theater of the Air. I was trying to oh, say sorry. it at the same time. Okay. Wait, wait, the wait, KWUR wait, wait. Theater of the Air. I wasn't ready. I'm sorry. The KWUR, everybody. One, two, three. Theater of the Air. There. Very I'm, good. I'm, I'm glad we finally did that. I'm very pleased. I'm also glad that I didn't say one, two, three, go, because... That's always kind of obnoxious. You did not just say obnoxious. Mm, you know what's obnoxious? What? What's obnoxious? Saying obnoxious. I'm sorry. You know, in future, I, I'll try not to be so pernish. <clears throat> this is this is all going downhill so quickly. I I think we may have to say goodnight. You mean it's acceleration in a down? <laughs> <laughs> nice try, but I don't think it worked. You mean you mean there's a whole lot of gravitish moment? Gravity. Gravitish. Gravitation momentum. Okay. Momentum. Yes. Well, I, I do believe we are running out of time here. We are running out of time. Oh, thank God. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> once uh, we start once we start uh, turning words into into smaller words. Abbreviating? No. No, that's <laughs> no, it's not really abbreviating. Else. It's like a whole other level. Abbreviation. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That's all the kids are doing it these days. <laughs> anyway, when we start doing that, you know that it's time for us to go. It's sort it of like is. a like a sand of time, hourglass type thing. Sand of time. It's a sand of time thing. You mean like the Prince of Persia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want a Prince of Persia sword. Anyway, from the K-Word Theater of the Air, I'm David Reinstrom. I'm David Brunel Brutman. And I'm Alex Jensen. And we're signing off. Here are some credits. K Worth Theater of the Air was written and produced by David <laughs> David J. Brunel Brutman, Alexandra N. Jensen, and David M. S. Reinstrom. That's me, the coughing one. Peter McConnell and the Guys All-Star Shoe Band provided our opening and closing music. Costumes by D.W. Griffith and King Vador. Makeup by Sergei Eisenstein. Cheese and crackers are provided by NASA. And the Egyptian god of the dead of the week is Anubis. Anubis. Thanks to our interns this week. Bob Ross, Philip Seymour Hoffman, R2-D2, Eric Idle, Patrick Stewart, Jan- uh, Thomas Anderson, The Cure, Paris Hilton, The City of New York, Julius Caesar, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Peter Parker, and a prune. Fire extinguishers were provided by Seventeen Magazine. The KWUR Theater of the Air is supported by Lehman Brothers, Merrill Lynch, and AIG, by which we mean viewers like you. Have a nice week. Bye, everyone.